Today's passage is uh, Psalm, in the book of Psalm, and chapter 123. This is the word of the Lord. A song of ascents. To you I lift up my eyes, O you who are enthroned in the heavens. Behold, as the eyes of servants look to the hand of their master, as the eyes of maidservants to the hand of her mistress, so our eyes look to the Lord our God, till he has mercy upon us. Have mercy upon us, O Lord, have mercy upon us. For we have had more than enough of contempt. Our soul has had more than enough of the scorn of those who are at ease, of the content of the proud. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Did you ever feel that an injustice was done to you or someone you love? Did you ever feel the wrath, anger in your heart because you want to take this situation with your own hands? This is not fair, maybe you thought. I have. I remember one of my first jobs in construction in Honduras. And the owner of the company, the construction company, this rich man, had built a culture of no kindness, but stern, firmness, harsh words to his employees. And I was excited to start working. And I thought I was good. However, one of my first encounters with this man wasn't very pleasant. His words were harsh. He was not kind to me. And in front of many people, he embarrassed me. I felt like that. Many thoughts were going through my mind on how to respond to this man. And I must confess that most of those thoughts were not very godly. Psalm 123 helps us to know how to respond to situations like this. We're studying the Psalms of Ascents. Maybe Psalms that were sent by pilgrims in their journey to the temple. For sure, pilgrims, like you and I, in our journey to God. Last week, Pastor Josh Maurer was preaching on Psalm 122, and we read in 122, uh, I was glad with those who told me, let's go to the house of the Lord. Now, the gladness is not because they are going to Jerusalem or to the temple. But the gladness is because when they arrive there, they will encounter God. They are in a journey to God. Therefore, they are glad, they are happy because they will find God in that place. So Psalm 122 is about gladness. Psalm 123, in contrast to 122, speaks of the reality that in our 
journey to God, we will encounter contempt. Now, let me clarify this. I'm using contempt as it is in Psalm 123. Not content of being happy, but contempt of opposition and despising you for who you are and making you feel less or making us feel less than what we are. So in our journey to God, Psalm 123 says, you will encounter contempt and scorn. But our eyes look to the Lord until He has mercy upon us. Let me say that again. Psalm 123 speaks of our journey to God. In our journey to God, we will encounter contempt and scorn. But our eyes look to the Lord until He has mercy upon us. And you might be thinking, well, I don't experience contempt or scorn right now in my life. Why is this psalm important to me? Well, I'm glad you asked. Because we first must understand that we are in a world that is full of sin. This is not the way that God designed things to be. But we know that sooner rather than later, we will find contempt and a scorn of the proud and those who are at ease. We must be honest with ourselves. If you are already experiencing that, well, this is relevant to you. And if we examined uh, the history of our lives, we will find that at some point in our lives, we also suffer this kind of injustice. We are in a fallen world, and we will find it sooner or later, this contempt. Thankfully, we have Psalm 123 that will help us to navigate this complicated injustice and will help us to know how to respond when this comes upon us. So Psalm 123 shows us two important realities in our journey to God. So we are walking with God and in our journey to God, and we see two realities. Number one, in our journey to God, we need to acknowledge what is our relationship with Him. How does our relationship with God look like? How do we interact with him? Number two, what is our request to God when we find that contempt? So our relationship and our response. So let's talk about that relationship with God. We find it in verses 1 and 2. Verse 1 says, To you I lift up my eyes, O you who are enthroned in the heavens. And we have over and over this repetition of looking with the eyes and lifting up the eyes. It's quite an amazing thing to go outside, and especially when the day is not gray, to look at the sky and see how blue 
it is. How vast and big it is. And also how high that is. But there is so acknowledgement, so, so also knowledge of the psalmist speaking, by the way, in the first singular person saying, I, as a worship leader, because later on he's going to speak, or they are going to speak in the first person, but the plural, let's say we. But he starts over the worship saying, I lift up my eyes. Oh, you who are enthroned in the heavens. Now, the significance of this relationship over here is that he knows that one that is enthroned in the heavens. And he knows that he is in the heavens and that his throne is there. Now, the importance of, of where the throne is, we can understand in us Psalm 103 verse 19 explains. Uh, Psalm 103, 19 says, O you who are enthroned in the heavens, you rule over all. The importance of that verse is, is, is telling us that God has his throne. He is a king. And his throne is above all thrones. So he has authority over every other throne. Everything in creation, everything in the universe, God has control. He has authority. And the psalmist is acknowledging that. He's saying, you, O Lord, have authority over all. Why would the psalmist go to any other king but the one who has all authority? He's smart. Of course. If I know God, and if I know that he has all authority, I'm going to go to him. Why would I go to any other one? So, the first thing we see over here in that relationship is that the psalmist is recognizing God's authority. Similarly, in verse 2, we see uh, an illustration that he's using in the form of a poem. And he says, Behold, as the eyes of servants look to the hand of their master, as the eyes of a maidservant to the hand of her mistress, so our eyes look to the Lord our God. Now notice over here that the picture if, is that of servants of, or a maidservant looking not to the master, so it's not necessarily that he is comparing one-to-one the relationship of a slave with a master. But what the servants are looking at is at the hand. Look it up again. He says, Behold, as the eyes of servants look to the hand of their master. Why the hand? Well, we... We can think about what does the hand of a master does for a servant. Well, three things among others. It gives discipline. It gives instruction. And it gives provision. Now, for the context of our psalm, we know that 
the psalmist is using that picture to help us understand that the eyes of the servant are looking at the hand because that hand, besides having authority, as God has authority over all, is the hand that provides. And there's one essential need that the servant is waiting for. And he's not looking anywhere else but to the hand that has all authority over him or her. Why would the servant look anywhere else? He, he's owned by the master. And he recognized that his master has all authority over him and provision will come from no other place but from his master. So he's serving to the hand. Now the psalmist makes the connection and he says, so, in that same way, that the servants look to the hand of the master, so our eyes look to the Lord our God. Now, there is something very important in the relationship that exists between this community that is singing together. They are singing this psalm, and they are saying, so in that same way, we look or eyes, or eyes look to the Lord our God. First of all, this is the first time that word Lord is Yahweh, Jehovah, Jehovah, or Yahweh, naming the name itself of the Lord, saying that is His name. I know what His name is. That is the Lord. But besides being the Lord, He is our God. And that is the relationship that I have with him. And my eyes are in him because he is my God. Many others might look at God, the Lord, but he's not their God. We as a community, we sing together and say, you are our God. And that is the relationship we have with you. Provision comes with, from you. Authority is all yours. And we know it. Why would we look anywhere else? It is nonsense. We look to you. That is the relationship that they have. My baby, uh, Dawson, he's seven months. Time goes really fast. Not in the night. When I am uh, out of the house for several hours and I come back to the end of the day, he's scrolling all around. And uh, sometimes he would be in the other side of the living room and he hears my voice. He knows daddy is home. And I connect with him, my eyes, so he can see me. And I look at him in the other side of the living room, and he looks at me. And he starts at me, take a couple of seconds for him to realize that dad is finally home. When he looks at me, he crawls as fast as he can. Halfway, he starts crying because he does not crawl 
fast enough. Almost all the time, he cries in desperation. He just wants to keep going. Because he wants to be held by daddy. He looks at daddy. He wants to be with daddy. What are we looking at? Where are our eyes set on? What is our, our energy put on? The psalmist is saying, look at the Lord your God. Set your eyes on the Lord your God. Why would you look anywhere else? The end of verse 2 says, what is the need that they have? We look, our eyes look to the Lord our God till he has mercy upon us. That is their request. They're waiting till he has mercy upon us. Now, verses 3 and 4 speak of their request. What is their request? These pilgrims are going in a journey to God and they have a request. They want mercy. Verse, verse 3 says, just repeating what we just saw at the end of verse 2, have mercy upon us, O Lord, have mercy upon us. Now, in this first section of verse 3, uh, we know that in the second part, in, in verse um, Three and four, they are asking for mercy because there is contempt. The proud, those who are at ease, scorn them. That is not just. That is not right. What is going on over here? God bring justice. However, they are not asking for justice. They are asking for mercy. That doesn't make much sense. So the question is, Why are, is the community singing and asking for mercy instead of asking for justice? And what we can think about, well, first of all, there are psalms that will speak of asking God for justice. But over here, there is an important emphasis that we must recognize. The community is understanding that if they ask for justice... Well, one, they know that the proud will receive the punishment for their pride. And that will be fine. But if they ask for justice for themselves, compared to the prideful, that is fine. They are better than the prideful. They are better than the one who scorned them. I mean, they are good people, religious people. They sing to God. They are in a journey to God. Of course, they are better than those who are at ease. But compared with God, they are also sinners. They are also prideful. If they ask God and say, God, give us justice, then they will be condemned. So they are smart. Instead of asking for justice, they ask for mercy. 
Of course. That makes sense. Give us mercy, O Lord. That will be better for us. Then in the second part of verse 3, we see, For we have had more than enough of contempt. The first part of verse 4, Our soul has had more than enough. And we see over there that picture of maybe a, a cup. And that cup can contain certain amount of water. But the capacity of the cup is complete. There is no more water that can be poured into that cup. Or instead of water, it could be vinegar. Because it's bitter. It's difficult. And, well, maybe the psalmists or the psalmists or the people who are singing this, this psalm, they actually can resist a little bit more. But they feel as if they can't do it anymore. And that is what the psalm is doing. The psalm is helping us to read our emotions, our feelings, and to express in a prayer to God and say what we feel. And many times in the church we have this false expectation that Christians should be just fine. Everything is okay. Your life is organized. There are no problems. And you just speak of joy and gladness to everybody. And there's no difficulty in the, in the world. That is not true. There is difficulty. And we will face challenges. Therefore, we need to express that in prayer before God. Psalm 123 is helping us to express our emotions before God and say, God, I feel that I cannot do it anymore. I am overwhelmed. That could be a broken relationship in our family, someone that we love, and there is brokenness over there with a friend that we haven't talked for a long time. Because pride is in the middle. A difficult situation in, in our job. And maybe some authority in school, at work, or even in the church. Some problems in the church that are making us feel as if we cannot do it anymore. Psalm 123 is telling us, pray, ask God, tell him how you feel. Tell him what you are feeling. Express your emotions. God made you to feel. And he wants you to express what you are feeling before him in prayer. Now the last part of verse 4, verse 4 says, Our soul has had more than enough. Of the scorn of those who are at ease, of the contempt of the proud. Now, of course, it's pointing to those who are at ease. They are abusing of their authority, of their power, of their resources to trample on the innocent, 
on the humble. And also, the proud just finds pleasure or some kind of benefit from dismissing or despising other people. But the request is not around the proud or around those who are at ease. The request is for mercy. And this speaks of our own situation before God. So the question would be, am I prideful? Am I the one scorning others? We need to have an attitude of humility. And the request itself is a a request of humility. When we pray to God, and we we don't say like James and John, God or Jesus, you want us to pray to God so fire from heaven descends and kills them all? But instead we pray for God, have mercy upon us. That is the prayer. That is the relationship. There is a great example of a prayer that pleads for mercy. And that was said by Jesus. Among many others, when he was being crucified, when he was in the cross, the soldiers mocked him, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself. If he is the Christ of God, he's chosen one. The soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. But Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Jesus prayed to the Father when he was being mocked for mercy. Now, he wasn't asking mercy for himself. But he was asking for mercy for us. We that offended him with our sin. We that scorned him with our actions. But he took our place going to the cross where we should be and ask to the Father for mercy when you and I. And it is in that way that we came to faith in Jesus Christ one day when we said for the first time, Lord, I am a sinner. Have mercy upon me. I deserve death. We came to to faith in Jesus Christ. And we said, have mercy upon us. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Psalm 123 reminds us that in our journey to God, we will face contempt and scorn. But our eyes look to the Lord until He has mercy upon us. We must pray for mercy 
upon us and remember that through Jesus Christ, we have received the mercy of God that forgives us of all sins and that gives us a relationship with the Lord, our God and Father. How about we pray together? Oh God, thank you for your mercy. The mercy that we have received through Jesus Christ. Thank you because when we challenge brokenness, difficulties, now we know how to come to you in prayer. We know that we have to copy Jesus Christ's model of humility and desire for mercy to even our enemies. So we pray, God, that you will be gracious to us and help us to live this reality in our journey to you. And we pray, we pray in Jesus' name, O oh Lord. Amen.